Hello and welcome to How Do You Drew? This is a Drew Barrymore podcast brought to you by thedrewzium.com. I'm Ashley. And I'm Anne. And hey, hey. Hey, hey. We're on the same uh, coast today. Oh my God, I'm in the same time zone as my friends and family for once. (laughs) So convenient. It's very convenient. (laughs) I didn't have to be like, oh shit, it's going to be midnight by the time I'm ready to record for you. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be weird, but I'll be in your time zone for a couple months. So Yay! She's been kind of on the road, so she's really been a trooper to get recording and editing done while traveling (laughs) (laughs) cross-country. Thank you. Of course. (laughs) We got some little oopsie daisies and follow-ups. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I want to start with a scream follow-up because I'm just never, <laughs> These never are going to be done. for the rest of your life. <laughs> I know. Well, it's crazy. Like how much I know, how much I've learned over the years, but like that something else could still, like I could come across something new, even in the two weeks it's been. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, this is like literally just kind of a weird discovery on my own because when I was pulling 1996 photos for the last episode for the reel that I did. Yeah. Um, so do you remember that footage? It's like Drew, Courtney Love, Gavin Rossdale, and some other members of Bush. And they're like walking down Sunset Boulevard. It's like paparazzi. Yeah. And Drew's wearing that, um, you know, that really cute pink hooded coat that she had. Okay. That's what I was picturing. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So I was, I was just like scanning through those pictures and I'm like, who is this lady with them who looks so familiar and so out of place? Like she's like very conservatively dressed Oh, and she, Drew's like hugging behind her. But I'm like, I know this lady. I recognize her. I have seen an interview with her racking my brain for hours And then it hit me later that she was one of the producers of Scream, Kathy Conrad. How did you figure it out? Just it came to you? It just finally came to me because I've seen interviews with her, you know, about Scream. Yeah. Um, So I went back and watched the footage, like the actual video. And uh, based on what Courtney said that they were going to the Primal Fear premiere in a few days, it was literally like a couple weeks, like two weeks before Scream started. Oh, I just thought it was kind of cool to see her with one of the producers, like clearly partying with her. Wow. (laughs) And then I was looking at Kathy Conrad's IMDb and I saw she was a producer on Beautiful Girls. And if you remember, Drew went to that that premiere, premiere, which was another like she didn't go to a lot of premieres for no reason. You know what I mean? There was always a connection, but I never knew that. And so I was looking at the pictures from that premiere and. Once again, we got to bring this name up, but Harvey Weinstein is like hovering behind Drew in a bunch of pictures. Oh, yeah, I know. Gross. And it was a couple months before Scream started filming. So, wow. It's just interesting that she was like clearly still in the midst of working on, you know, the aspects of the movie that she did. And probably supporting the people that she had then worked with. Exactly. So like, oh, like getting probably getting invitations to premieres. Like she probably got them all the time, but just like oh, I feel like I should go to this. I really want yeah. to see the person's work who I'm working with. Yeah. So I thought or that was wanting fun. to work with in the case of From Dust Till Dawn. Exactly. Fascinating. Yeah, I think that's so... totally worth bringing up. I love when we, you know, there are so many images of Drew over the years that like we don't find out who's with her, like literally yes. standing with her until years later. Totally. And, it's and this like is solving a puzzle. It's very satisfying. <laughs> so awesome. So, um, so. so the next Oopsie Daisies is my own. So I said maladroit as if I was some kind of like French scholar. <laughs> it's just maladroit. It's maladroit. It sounded this... really beautiful. 
Oh, and just so everyone knows, this it's a it's a correction from our bizarre '96 episode when Drew said that's a word that she liked. I believe. Yeah, I think it was to describe herself because it's like awkward. Yes. yes. So <laughs> anyway, maladroit. I don't like how go. it sounds. I know it's a weird word. So anyway, just one of those things, you know, like Ashley wants to just be precise about <laughs> things that may not matter. I do as well. Apparently, this is just a new thing that we're going to talk about is cosmic coincidences. <laughs> if you don't know why we're saying it that way, uh, go reread Little Girl Lost and <laughs> see that Drew was teased and called a cosmic cow, but we've turned it into something positive. So hopefully, it's now a segment. It's now a segment on our show. So cosmic coincidences are when we've talked about something on the pod and then it like comes up in Drew's life currently and it's happening mm -hmm. all the time our friend Jolena <laughs> is tracking them really closely so it's fun that, that <laughs> somebody else gets it but um to me it's just a sign from the universe that we're on the right track with our podcast I love it <laughs> yeah so we talked about a very old song that does not come up in normal conversation these days um in the last episode we were talking about you ought to know by Alanis Morissette because yeah. Drew had mentioned something about her in that um, bizarre article and then she was introducing a guest on her show, like right afterward named Caitlin Deaver. And she, like before she comes out, she like referenced that song because I think that girl like uses that as her karaoke song. So I was just like, ah, weird. Why is the song coming up? <laughs> so I thought it was fun. It's really fun. <laughs> so one other thing we wanted to clarify in this segment is on our previous episode, we talked about Drew's hairstylist in Bizarre 1996, whose name is Oscar Blondy. It turns out he'd also worked with her in Us 1997 and Mademoiselle 1998. And both of those were done alongside Jillian Fink Dempsey, who Drew has been a good friend of for some time, or at least was, and worked with her somewhat on a makeup line that she did called um, Deluxe yeah. years and years ago. We'll have to get um, into that at some point. So pretty neat. I mean, Ashley had, had a recollection that Oscar had worked with Drew previously. It turns out it was two other articles. Makes sense that you kind of probably had made a mental note about S97 since it's yeah, a really you would think we will I would be doing that. I'm that sure layout Oscar's soon. probably worked on more with her. I've just like been slowly adding that information to our oh, cool. um, photo shoot spreadsheet. Yeah. So um I wouldn't be surprised if there were more, but I'm glad that you noted there were two. Yeah. And it was a spreadsheet that Ashley has compiled that I pulled that information from, but Anyway, pretty cool. Yeah, we've worked on it together. Don't give me all the credit. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We've got mail, Anne. <laughs> You've got mail. Woohoo! More mail. Yay, just like we asked. Yeah, and this is a cool <laughs> one because this was actually from a review on Apple Podcasts. So this is from Tanya, who has been um, a Drusium, I don't want to say follower. That sounds so like lofty of us but she's been following our stuff for a while and she's been a great supporter I'll say that a great Jerseyum supporter that's awesome yeah do you want me to go ahead and read what she wrote sure so Tanya says I love listening every Drew's day and have been a longtime follower of Ashley and Anne via the Drusium website and Instagram page so it's lovely to have voices to put with the content and I feel like I've already known you both for a long time based solely on our mutual Drubidum <laughs> I'm loving all the episodes so far keep up the great work Yay, Yay! That's a great you, review. Tanya. Yeah, it's re it feels really lovely. I mean, she did say follower, so don't feel bad that you. I know once you started reading it, I was like, oh, okay, she used that word herself. That's fine. Thank you, Tanya. <laughs> we super appreciate it. You know, this is like, 
it's it's uh, simple and to the point, and it makes us feel like we're doing something and people are listening to it. So yeah, like we're on the right path. Yeah. Yeah. So if you would like to hear your review, we could read it for you on the air, but you got to go leave it first. <laughs> and I think Apple Podcasts is the only platform where you can actually leave a review, which is kind of weird. You can rate on hmm. Spotify. I know that. Um, no like written reviews as far as I could tell. All right. What's new with Drew? Guess what? There's a lot this week. There's a Yay. lot. So I have a feeling I'm going to be the one relaying a lot of this information to you, correct? Yep. It's been a, it's been <laughs> a week where I have, I have been on social media for a couple of hours as I'm falling down to sleep after driving all day. Okay. So. Fair, 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 <laughs> so. fair. You need a break. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, let's start with, I'm sure you saw this, Flower Beauty is releasing a really cute ET eyeshadow palette. It's so beautiful. It is really um, beautiful. I can't wait to get my hands on it. Yeah. I forgot that my CVS doesn't carry flower anymore. So I went in there like, yay. And then I was like, wait, they don't Ooh. have anything. I know. It's so cute. So some of the names of the colors are Gertie um, since 1982, which I love because that's the year I was born. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Be Good. There's a lot of really cute names. And whoever is doing the like marketing for this one is doing a bang up job like the Instagram posts are really good they're yes, beautiful they're doing a good job I did love seeing that reunion which looks like you mentioned about but I saw the picture of the of Henry Thomas and I'm actually not gonna be able to remember anyone else who was there at the moment so. um, Robert McNaughton and then D Wallace so basically her ET family like the family from ET yeah they're all coming on the Drew Barrymore show uh, by the time you hear this, it will be a day later because that's happening on Halloween on Monday. Yeah. So you guys should be able to now go see either on the DrewBarrymore.com website or on their um, YouTube should have a couple clips. There was one clip already posted to Instagram, which looked really sweet. So, Aww. so nice to see, you know, it's the 40th anniversary this year. And it's just so nice to see her with her, her first like real movie family. Yeah. So I'm, I guess this is like what they're doing for Halloween this year, which I'm a little bummed because I really have liked seeing her dress up on the show on, for Halloween. Oh, episode. I see. Maybe there'll be something at the beginning. I don't. I was like, is she gonna like dress up like Gertie at the beginning? Oh, How cute maybe that. Be? Maybe they're not teasing that because they don't want to. I hope. You know, come out with it. Yeah. I have a feeling they'll do something. I guess. Yeah. I guess we'll see. Yeah, I hope so. Okay. Great. So tell me about this Howard Stern thing. Did you hear about this at all? I think I saw a picture somewhere, but I didn't okay. learn anything further about it. So go ahead and. So I guess he's been talking about doing this, a Drew Barrymore dating game show, basically like um, Chuck Barris's The Dating Game. <laughs> so and she like referenced, you know, being in Confessions of a Dangerous yes. Mind and all that. So his wife, her name is Beth. She's like really good friends with Nancy, I guess. Okay. Nancy Javonin. We always, I've noticed we always just say Nancy and people like who don't know are probably like, who the hell is this Nancy lady? Nancy <laughs> Javonin, who has been Drew's producing partner for Flower Films since like 1995. And like, for some reason, Howard and Beth are like very invested in Drew and her dating woes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So Beth came up with two people she knew personally who she thought would be good, like candidates. <laughs> and okay. then there were two other um, more random people that I think maybe like Howard came up with. Okay. And Drew literally came in the studio and did the dating game where she couldn't see the four guys and she would ask questions and they would what? answer them. Yeah. So Was I it have cute? 
Mm, I'll get into it. <laughs> okay. So I have a Sirius XM account. So I was able to listen to the whole thing, which is cool. Cause I don't think you can do that otherwise. Like there, okay. there have been a couple short clips, but if you want to hear the whole thing, I think you have to use that, but it's actually a little painful. <laughs> so okay. She like starts it off already giving disclaimers. Like she's like, I don't want the media to think I'm dating whoever I pick and we might just be friends and, 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 and like, I'm, I don't want my daughters to think I'm dating a bunch. Like she's already oh like, gosh. I'm here for it, but I'm not really here it for it. It sounds like she was uncomfortable with it. Very. Okay. Very. So unfortunately there's been like some negative feedback about it because she is like, <laughs> she won't stop with the disclaimers like bad so oh. she goes through the questions and it was like fun and I really liked like the first guy and she ended up choosing the second guy and I just didn't find him to be like her type you know based on but were I, you were you as the viewer seeing their face or I is it saw, just audio and like uh our lovely friend Renata from Drew Barrymore Brazil she was like she's the one that told me it was happening and she's like I already found this guy's Instagram and this guy's Instagram <laughs> oh so, so was it but was it. it an audio um yeah recording just, okay correct they have shared some video but I didn't see that like when I okay. was listening to it but she like showed me each guy's profile so I was able to look at them and be like oh I don't think that guy looks like a Drew guy at all <laughs> <laughs> I won't spoil too much about it but basically at the end, when it came time for her to choose, I am not kidding you. She must have stalled for like a good 15 minutes. <laughs> oh my God. And they had that live. Yes. And it's like pretty painful. Like Howard is like begging her just pick somebody. And she's coming up with like every excuse in the world to like avoid it No, true. for so long. So I can see why people are frustrated. Like it's not very enjoyable to listen to at that point. Because What kinds of things are people saying? I mean, somebody said like, wow, Howard like could not get control of the situation. Like he's really trying and she's just like <laughs> not, she's like trying to get other people to pick for her. Like she's oh not. God. Is this a like recurring thing that they're going to do? Or is it just like a one time? No, I think it was supposed to just be a one time. And she's like, <laughs> let me just get everyone's information and I'll talk to them if I want to. He's like, no, you're supposed to just pick one. Just pick one. Oh no. Um, she did end up having the guy she selected via zoom come on the show. I haven't watched that yet, but I just don't see a connection there. Personally. That's really awkward. I think she picked him because he admitted that he was like kind of talking to someone else. And she said she liked the honesty, but I also think it was like, cool now I don't ever have to actually date you because you're already oh my talking God. to someone else <laughs> I'm sorry but that doesn't sound like something Drew would like at all and I'm kind of surprised that she agreed to it I guess I mean she was saying she was really grateful that they were like looking out for her like she kept Aww. saying like people should always try to set up their single friends with good people like that part she loved but like when it came down to it, she did not want to do it. <laughs> I know. So anyway, I had to fill you in on that because it was very I mean, I will I will want to hear it my, yeah. for myself, but yeah, we'll I'll give you the I, I believe I will have a similar reaction to you and your description. Yeah, I'm sure you the will. The me is like making me cringe a little bit already. <laughs> yeah. Um in a better in better audio fun times. <laughs> Um, Drew guested on the podcast, Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino. He has been on 
the Drew Barrymore show before. He's a real okay. good like pop culture guy. And um, it was a great interview. So that one, go listen to. It's only about 40 minutes. She actually awesome. has him on Drew's News this past episode, but a huge portion of it is pulled from his podcast. Oh. So okay. it's like a lot of overlap. So it's, you know, basically you really only have to listen to his because it has more. Um, okay. So there's a couple things I just wanted to mention. I'm trying, I don't want to spoil if you want to go listen to it instead of listening to the things I'm going to point out, go do that. But there's just stuff I want to discuss with you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, I want to hear it. Okay. So the first thing of note that I mentioned was that she talks about how she got so attached to the talk show that she realized she really needed to come up with an amazing plan B okay. in case it doesn't work out because like she was putting everything on it yeah. and she wouldn't say what, but she said there's some really good plan B's that she like almost, she's basically like, I want a plan B that's so good that if plan A fails, it's actually great. Well, so, what's, what, so did you want to speculate what they are? Well, she brought it up when he was talking about, gosh, we, everybody would love to see you and Adam reunite or like okay. you doing something with Cameron and Lucy, even if it's not a Charlie's Angels three. And that's kind of when she brought it up. So I don't know who knows, right? Like it could yeah. be, but it was kind of cool to hear her sort of sound like maybe she's ready to do something like movie related again, which would be great. Okay. Another thing I was like screaming <laughs> because Danny was cool. He brought up some things that like you don't hear anybody ever ask her about, like all of the cool. other reindeer and Batman Forever. <laughs> so that was fun. And anyway, she was like, she was complimenting him. She's like, oh my God, you're so prepared. And people who research like this and come prepared are just like, that's so attractive and amazing. And I was sitting there <laughs> like, true, that's what we do every week. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome um she tells some really interesting stories about her dad the way she talks about her Ooh. dad was like pretty cool I really enjoyed hearing the things that she had to say I mean it's nothing that was like what this is so crazy brand new information but it was stuff that she doesn't talk about that much like she even talked about and we kind of skipped over the details of this um trigger warning for abuse but like how when she was little he like stuck her hand in a flame do you remember this oh, little girl yes lost? I remember it from the book yeah so didn't definitely, he say something like you don't know pain yeah like you have to learn how to deal with pain yeah yeah but remember how she's like mentioned this a couple times how he we've only seen it like written how he used to tell her to like kick the bag like don't carry around oh. like emotional baggage yeah. but she like does it in his voice and it's really funny <laughs> she's like come on man you gotta kick the bag man <laughs> <laughs> so that was cool in another cosmic coincidence he brought up scream he brings up the fact that she was the voice of the principal in the spring cool. 2022 and she's like literally no one's ever pointed this out no one's ever noticed or said anything to me about it and of course I'm like Drew. <laughs> and he also brought up her sweater in the movie which like no, I've never seen anyone talk to her about that ever. So well, what, did he, what was he saying about it? Um, he was just saying like, yeah, your hair is iconic, but what about that sweater? Like, yes, like that's so great too. Oh, and, cool. And she just said like the only note she said about it was like, oh, of course they always like light colored clothes for the blood. Yeah. But uh, he brings it up a couple times, the sweater. So I was like, that's oh my cool. God, this is so weird. Like, is, has he been listening to us? I don't think so, but it's crazy. <laughs> 
another little note was when he asked her about Batman Forever, she said she had a huge crush on Jim Carrey at that time. (laughs) (laughs) Like a lot. But I guess he like was so constantly in Riddler mode. Like she never got to know him as Jim Carrey. (laughs) So like she had a crush on him, but like he wasn't available. Only the Riddler was there. (laughs) Oh my God. I love it. But I also have a like... When you said that, I was like, oh, because I've never, okay, this is nothing against Jim Carrey necessarily, but I've never found him attractive. Right. Though I do, in Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, I he's an amazing actor and I do actually, I'm attracted to that character. Okay. But then I have a moment where I'm like, Jim Carrey and Tom Green kind of have a similar vibe in I certain know. ways. I was just thinking that. I'm like, oh, like a weird kind of gawky comedian type yeah I could see that yeah where I'm like oh okay so that might explain and again this is also nothing against Tom Green but like when Drew was dating Tom Green I remember my brother said Drew Barrymore is dating Tom Green and he said it like making fun of like my favorite person and I was like no she's not and he's like she's probably gonna marry him and I'm like no she's not wow Lee it's very very prescient yeah I know. Um, so yeah so I, anyway I just, I just yeah <laughs> and I was just like no way you know yeah <laughs> but anyway so I'm just like oh I can see that yeah like knowing it that she sense. was like loved and married a person who has a similar vibe I'm like oh okay yeah oh my god another crazy cosmic coincidence this isn't so much the podcast but if you remember when all of the Drew in the rain was going yes. around. Um, I pulled the Barbara Walters interview from 1997. I pulled the clip where she yes. talks at the end about the rain, and he brought that up. And wow, yeah. And I was just like, okay, what? Because I've never seen anybody connect that interview to the current rain stuff. Yes, and he did too. <laughs> I don't know. It's well, could have checked out. You know, I left him a comment um, on the post from our How Do You Drew Instagram, and he he responded in a really sweet way and said he'll have to check it out. So he obviously hasn't listened to us, but it was just weird. And then the last one, there was just so much. I was listening to this podcast like, what is happening? (laughs) I think this one was on Drew's News. It was, but same guy, Danny. And uh, they're talking about uh, like Selena Gomez and Justin Bieber and they start talking about the like intense and feuding fan bases that people like them have and I just ah. started laughing because we had that clip in one of our episodes where yes my husband's friend had asked me if Drewbies ever feud with other people like believers yes. and you also <laughs> made a reel of it did you yeah. not yes we did <laughs> He might have seen that. I mean, you can see stuff on Instagram without knowing like who posted it, right? Absolutely. So I thought Absolutely. that was really funny. That's so. really great. I love it. Um, wow, I really want to listen to this. It's great. And it's only about 40 minutes. So um, it's also available on YouTube. I will put a link to that on the episode page on howdoyoudrew.com. Cool. So check it out. It's a really great one. He was great. It was the kind of thing where I wasn't listening going like, oh, we could have done this better. I was yeah. listening like, oh, yes, this guy is a Drewby. He knows Yay. his stuff. Yeah, Yay. it was fun. <laughs> um, speaking of Drewbies, I have something funny to tell you. Oh. Okay, so not related to Drewbies that we know necessarily, but I was at a dinner with my cousin's girlfriend's family. Okay. And my aunt was telling them that I do a podcast and I love Drew Barrymore and all this. And then um, one of the other guests at the dinner said something i don't remember how it came up but i said oh yeah we call ourselves drewbies like drew fans and then she said oh 
Drew has had like a really fascinating life and then starts like saying all these things about Drew's life, like how she, you know, everything that happened to her as a child and then just kind of like, she was like spewing all these things. Okay. And then she said, oh, I didn't even know I was a Drewby. And then, <laughs> and then sitting next to her on either side were like her husband on one side and I forget who else on the other side. And then they said something like, I didn't know any of that. And then she points on either side of her and goes, not Drewbies. <laughs> I love it. How cute. It was, it was really cute. So it was kind of funny. Like one of the things she said, which I thought was interesting, she said, oh, no one would really give her a chance in Hollywood until Adam Sandler. Oh. And then I, and I was like, I wanted to be like, that's not actually true, but there is something to be but said about close. the fame that she achieved like in that year. Like, yes. Thinking about what 1998 became. Right. Like it definitely has something to do with Adam it definitely Sandler. changed the trajectory of her career yes, the way yes. i think i said something like well she had some stuff she did before that but that year was really big for her so anyway i just love that and now my aunt will like kind of joke and say like not a drooby <laughs> <laughs> okay a couple other really quick what's new with drews and then we will get into the weekly topic i know okay, it's awesome. been a, a, an action pack it's at the top of the episode but um i don't know if you saw pictures but i'm sure you did that um drew basically like moderated a q a for adam sandler's new movie hustle okay uh oh you didn't see there's really cute pictures of them together Really I did cute. see a couple, I think, but again, I've been like so tired that yeah. I'm gonna have to reread <laughs> You're like, them. Did I dream that? <laughs> yeah. Um. So there's like some brief Instagram uh, video clips that like people in the audience took. So nothing okay. real official, but they're still fun to see. It's always good to see them together. Yeah. Um. Very last thing, and I literally just added this to our notes because I just saw it this morning. Are you familiar with that? I guess she's mostly known for a dancer. She's young. Her name's Maddie Ziegler. She was on mm-hmm. um, that Dance Moms show, and then she's in all the Sia videos. I'm sure you're kind of- I might know her if I saw her, yeah. but I, I'm immediately not remembering her. She's so older. Right. She's probably like 19 or something now, but she likes- Okay. She got popular when she was really young. But anyway, um, she's a huge following. She dressed up like uh, Drew for Halloween and just posted pictures I saw this morning. So she kind of recreated two different photo shoots, but- her look worked for both of them. Uh, okay. One is the 1995 Rolling Stone cover shoot Aww. by Mark Seliger. Yeah. And then the other one is the one that appeared in 1994 Sky Magazine by Mike- Michael Muller, I believe is his name. You know, okay. with the overalls and the daisies and oh, all her cute. friends. Oh, cute. Yeah. Yeah. So they're really cute. They, she did a great job. She has like the short hair and the daisies and the overalls. And uh, it's really sweet. So I'll share some pictures from that too. But I, I just reposted it on our Drusium Instagram this morning on a story. So by the time oh, you hear this, it'll be gone. Cool. But you can go to her Instagram and look at all those. Awesome. Yeah. I Very saw a cool. lot of a lot of like movie character costumes from the weekend. Um, tons of Casey Beckers, of course, because that's just like the most popular costume in the world these days. Yeah. I'm yep. like, I did it first. <laughs> it's so annoying. Um, there were a lot of good like Josie's with the... Uh, like the lunch tray and the chocolate milk and the white feather outfit. Oh, funny. <laughs> I saw some good wedding singer ones. A lot of people, a lot of people this year dressing like Rob Schneider in 51st Dates when he's dressed as Lucy, <laughs> you know, with like the mop hair. Yes. I saw why? babies. <laughs> I saw all kinds of people doing that one. That for some reason is very popular this that year. It feels like a deep cut. Yeah. Like a little bit. Like totally. I mean, I, I, appre- I, mean, I appreciate like, a deep uh, cut cost- costume. Yes, yeah, deep cut too. costumes. 
Uh, that's really cute uh, and hilarious. I think that we might be ready for our weekly topic. What do you think? Oh, boy. Yeah, I think we're just, it's time. Let's get there. <laughs> <laughs> I need to take a breath. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Taking a deep breath. Ready for this big topic. <sighs> okay. So um, what did we decide on for a weekly topic? And how happy are you to talk about this? <laughs> oh, this is a great one. So we are going to talk about Drew's tattoos today, which is really fun because it's kind of a thing that we've always pointed out, like when you can see them or like mm -hmm. what, how exciting it is when this mm -hmm. one shows up, uh, you know, people who have been fans of Drew forever. She's had them for so long. There's a lot to talk about here. So we thought it'd be an easy one. And then it ended up getting a lot more information than I expected once I was going through research. So awesome. Great job on the research. Thank I'm looking you. forward to going through this because it is a lot of fun. This is something about Drew that I feel like I'm just thinking about like Drew as a person with tattoos. Like it's almost a thing that you could find surprising about her as these days. Yeah, like maybe kind of as as times she may have been seen as like a girl next door, you know, but she's had this life that's gone in waves and, you know, levels of different personalities and yeah. different modes and I don't know, I feel like all of her tattoos say a lot about the time that she got them. And I think that's wh why this topic is so fun for us. All of them feel like very true to her in a different way. Definitely. And like the range of them kind of fits with like the range of her sides of her personality. Yes, her multifaceted <laughs> so, personalities. Yeah. So let's get into it. Okay. So just a couple real quick quotes about Drew and tattoos that we've gathered from over the years. Um, one thing she said is that I really like tattoos. It's an expression of how you feel and they're there forever which is kind of what you were just saying. <laughs> yep, I love it. Um, another quote is, uh, for someone who's afraid to be trapped and confined, sometimes I bust out and do things that are so permanent. <laughs> and she was yeah. referencing not just tattoos, but also marriage and that. Okay, quote. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, that I'm like, I could see that coming from this more mature side of her. She's also many times, I'm sure you remember how many times she's talked about how getting a tattoo is a pleasurable pain. Yep. In details, 1997, she said that pain is like nothing else in the world. And it's so sexual too, you know, I mean, <laughs> after it's done, you just want to go and drive a car off a cliff or something. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I love that because I know. how is something being so sexual make you want to drive off a cliff? <laughs> I don't know, but that feels like a Druism. <laughs> yeah. And, and I didn't type this up, but she also said afterward, like, okay, kids don't try this at home. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. But also I agree. Um, having recently within the last couple of months gotten a new tattoo, like there's a something about if you can tolerate it, it has a pleasurable thing about it. Yeah, I haven't done it in so long. I don't even remember. So I'll yeah. take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so she has 10 tattoos in total, which I wouldn't have been able to tell you off the cuff. So it's kind of cool that it's an even yeah, beautiful it's, number, like it's 10. It's easy to remember now. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> and she's said, just like we were just saying, that there are reflections of times in her life, which is yep. great. So let's yep. get into the details of the tattoos. And we're going to go Ooh. in chronological order as best as we know when she got them. Awesome. Okay. So we're starting with the flowers on her hip. It seemed that she was un kind of unclear as to when she got it, right? Based on some of the stuff you looked at at first. Yeah. I mean, we all know that Drew isn't the best at 
accurately saying how old she was when something happened, but I'm going to take her word for it on this first one. Okay, cool. So she said her first, which is a bouquet of flowers on the front of her left hip, she had gotten around the age of 13, um, which kind of makes sense. When when was she officially emancipated? Mm, Was it 14? Yeah, it was right before she turned 15. Okay. But I also could see her walking into a tattoo shop in LA and them just being like, sure. They're like, oh, Drew Barrymore? Cool. Yeah. And it was originally just of a rose when she got it at first. Yeah, I did not remember that until I was doing the research, but I found a couple places where she said like, oh, I have a tiny red rose or said like it was originally just a rose. So I had forgotten that completely. I had forgotten that, but this next part, I do remember this. Yeah, so she added daisies to it later. And they don't even totally look like daisies, I have to say. It's kind of a weird tattoo, and we'll get into her feelings about it. It is. But she said that it was done by a big Australian meanie. (laughs) And she went in, and she was like, I want daisies. And he said, I don't do daisies. Lie down. She said, okay. (laughs) So she said, you know, it's still there, and it's absolutely her least favorite of her tattoos, which is, you know, her first one. I guess that's okay. Uh, She said she loves all her other ones, but she said, the thing is, I wouldn't have it removed because I just don't believe in that. You were there at one point in your life. Just keep it, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) When is that quote from when she says, just keep it, damn it? I believe that whole thing is also from Details 1997. That was a good one for tattoo information. (laughs) Okay, cool. So in 1986, talking about this tattoo... She said it was shocking to her that she just really wanted one. And when the guy said he wouldn't do what she wanted, she was just like, okay, draw anything. <laughs> and then she said, it's not really that cute, but I like it. It reminds <laughs> me of how I would have taken anything, not necessarily the thing I wanted. Now I have a great deal of patience. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great way of like silver lining looking at it. <laughs> and I feel like a lot of people who have tattoos, like you said, end up getting something not so great. Yeah. <laughs> I have one that I wouldn't mind not having. (laughs) Yeah, I get that. I get that. (laughs) All right. So we know that her next one would be, I would say one of her most famous ones, which is the cross that she has on her, let me think about this for a second, right ankle. Okay. (laughs) The first time that I could find visual proof of it was some candids, like an event that she attended in October, 1990. Okay. So we can assume around that time it, it fits. So she has the cross. It is wrapped in ivy and roses. Like I said, it's near her right ankle. And she said a couple times that she designed it herself, which I also had forgotten that information. Yeah, I'd forgotten that too. Yeah. So she described it as a four angled cross because at the end of each end of the cross, there's another cross basically. Like you kind of know what I mean. (laughs) Yes, I do. that well, but. And then she said at that time, she believed that religion and spirituality were everywhere you looked and everything was possible. So that was sort of like her inspiration. Cool. She also felt that it was a sign when she first read the script for Poison Ivy that the title character, Ivy, has the same tattoo. Although interestingly, of course, we have to kind of mention this, the tattoo that she had on her ankle was then covered. Right. (laughs) And then she had a tattoo instead on her like kind of upper thigh yeah so I mean of of course it makes sense to be like oh my god I also have a cross tattoo and this was in a time in her life when she was like I really need to get a role and I really need to get an iconic role that'll take people's minds off of me as a child yeah (laughs) um which was a successful (laughs) uh, successful endeavor as far as poison ivy goes yeah so putting the 
the tattoo in a sexier spot as you might think <laughs> yeah I bet you're right I bet that was part of it plus she had to like not have it at the beginning and she gets it in the movies so. that's right yeah. that's right <laughs> she said that it symbolizes pain death life and love basically she said like it's my whole theme crucifixes which <laughs> it's not really a crucifix it's a cross but yes if you remember she was wearing cross necklaces all the time in like she 1992 was. she was in 1991, here's a quote that she gave. She said, I've had it like a year. No one sees it, just my friends. Unless I want to be a badass and wear shorts and no socks or something, it's funny. The one person who's afraid of commitment has something that's pretty life-lasting, but I can always cover it up if I want. <laughs> yeah, I love that's that. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so next um, is probably out of these ones my favorite so far. Oh, really? Yeah, so far out of the ones we've talked about. Okay. And maybe, I don't know. There's something about it. So it's the moon on her toe. And you may be able to remember which toe it is. Is it her right or left? It's her right. I only know because okay. I have a note. <laughs> oh, you do? Okay. So by 1992, um, she and a friend, we don't know who, got friendship tattoos, drew a crescent moon on her right big toe, said she was walking past the tattoo shop with a friend, and they just said, let's get matching tattoos. And they did it. <laughs> That's um, like all we know. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then thanks to Drew Barrymore Daisy for reminding us that um, there was a talk show appearance where she talked about it, which was Kona in 1993, and they have it uploaded on their YouTube. So that's really cool. Yeah, I messaged them because, like I said, it's really hard to find some of these talk show appearances. Yeah. And I, for some reason, was visualizing, and I, it still might be her third 1995 David Letterman appearance where she's wearing the green top. I think she describes her tattoos in that one, but you can't find that online right now, which of is course. so frustrating. But so I messaged Drew Barrymore Daisy and I was like, can you remember? And they pointed out to me that Conan had a good description. And I was like, cool. Now we know. Cause I had the note of like her getting it with a friend, but I couldn't yeah. find the source. And yes. that was the source. So that was great. Yes. I think one of the reasons I really love it is because you and I have talked about getting tattoos together for so long and we haven't been able to land on anything never have <laughs> so maybe we just get like us like a moon and a sun and we call it a day <laughs> or let's just get the how do you drew logo that would look cool oh perfect <laughs> just really big across our backs oh perfect perfect it's okay. it's well i was gonna say it's free advertising but tattoos aren't free people <laughs> It pays for itself. <laughs> yes, absolutely. All right, let's move on to her cherubs, which are two separate tattoos, both on her lower back. The first yeah. one is on the right side, and it's a group of three cherubs that are holding a cross, and it, the cross has her mother's name, Jade, mm -hmm. on it, which is, uh, you know, very interesting. I think she probably got this, we can guess, around 1992 as well. Well, she for mm -hmm. sure had it by 1992. That seemed like a time in their relationship where they were the most close. And mm -hmm. then it like maybe never again were they close after that. So yeah. not sure what went on, but we can speculate all day about that. Yep. <laughs> I have, and this is like the stupidest Vegas memory that I was like, do I even mention this? And I only found like one minute piece of evidence that I didn't imagine this. <laughs> there was this show in the early 2000s called Crossing Over with John Edward. Yes. Was like, do you remember this? He's like I a do. medium. Okay. Yes. I was obsessed with it for a while. Like I watched it all the time <laughs> and Jade was on one time. And like I said, I couldn't find any clips, but I found like one like TV guide that mentioned it or something. Okay. And I swear 
there's something came up and obviously like, you know, whether you believe in his abilities or not, it would have been very easy for him to get this information, but um, he does like bring up that tattoo in the, like, you know, he's basically saying like, I don't even remember who he supposedly was communicating with on the other side that he brings up, like, I'm seeing a tattoo with your name or something along those lines. And I don't think they showed a picture, but of course I knew exactly what it was. And yes, says like, Oh, Drew has that tattoo or something like that. So Um, that's like the only relevant note I have on that tattoo. That's really funny. Um, There's also a really wonderful photo of it, like super crisp, clear photograph of it. That was in what magazine? Us from June, 1992. I believe it's black and white but it's a great photo it's like stunning yeah and it, the tattoo looks so crisp there so yeah it, like you thinking it was pretty soon before that makes yeah i think sense. it was very new <laughs> um the one other thing i was going to ask is crossing over was probably like 2001 or something yeah that would be exactly 2001 or 2002 because it was an okay because i think Irvine. i remember seeing that i okay. probably have it recorded oh shit really probably because well, i feel like i've seen it and i feel like i've seen it more than once and i didn't watch that show oh god it's so, such so a if vague I, memory or for me. or i might be thinking of like a saturday night live parody <laughs> of it oh that would actually you know what they did do one when drew was on saturday night live in did they? 2001 i forgot about that yes and she's like she plays a really weird little character in the audience <laughs> she talks about the learning annex whenever I hear someone talk about a learning annex I think of that (laughs) (laughs) maybe that's why I'm thinking well it would make sense if the show was like popular around that time why she would have done it at that time yeah anyway so so I'm probably just picturing (laughs) Drew's that's really funny Um, do they keep saying something about like a mustache or maybe yes okay (laughs) oh my god I haven't watched that in so long. God, I wish we had VCRs. I swear. Well, I do have a VCR, so oh. I just have to. Yeah, so I'll have to like lug my tapes over there. Oh, and just you have listening. to. Yep. Oh yep. my gosh, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Why don't okay. you tell us about her other cherubs? Okay, so she does have another cherub in the middle of her lower back, holding a banner with the name James for ex-boyfriend Jamie Walters. Um, and it was said that he had one of her name as well. And then she said that if she had found out that he'd covered up his, she would also want to cover up hers. But his name kind of like bled into a black bar after they broke up and you can't read it at all. So she's quoted as saying, (laughs) you can't even read it. It's so small. And the colors have sort of bled into each other. It almost scares me. It sort of disappeared. Isn't that strange? Isn't that indicative? (laughs) (laughs) And then she said, his name is gone. It just bled. How insane is that? When my tattoo artist did it, you could definitely read it, but he said, trust me. And I asked why. And he said, just trust me. A year later, the name was gone. And so was Jamie. <laughs> the tattoo artist probably didn't need psychic powers to know that. <laughs> it's probably like, uh, really? Are you sure you want to get this dude's name on you? <laughs> but also, I feel like we read this quote before. So was yeah, there pr- it's in Rolling Stone 95. So ah, we did bring okay, it up cool. in that episode. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I was like, I feel like I, I remember reading this before. Or you read it before. But OK, so some of the, you know, some of our info crosses over. <laughs> crossing over with John Edward. <laughs> <laughs> crossing crossing over with Ashley and Anne. <laughs> the next tattoo she got is... I would say her most famous. I would say so too. Most iconic. Yeah. Yeah. And of course that is her butterfly. So we know she got this in late 1994. It's Mm -hmm. the butterfly. It's right underneath her belly button. 
the first time we ever saw it was in Playboy and Playboy mm-hmm. was a January 1995 issue, which means it probably came out in December 94, which means the photos were done just Before. prior to that. So that's how we know what year she got it. So as most people know, she has always loved the metaphor of butterflies that you mm-hmm. can change and metamorphose and grow and become a more profoundly beautiful and capable human being. On Ruby Wax in 1998, Ruby said, oh God, that's going to stretch out if you ever get pregnant. <laughs> and Drew said, <laughs> I think about that all the time. <laughs> oh my God. I forgot about that. <laughs> I know. And she also told Ruby that uh, she felt like she was too old for any more tattoos. She was only 23, which is hilarious. (laughs) That's so great. But a really long stretch did go by before she got any more. Yes. A lot of time went by. You know, she said she was maybe too old to get more tattoos. Well, 15 (laughs) years later, um, she got a small bird um, on the inside of her right arm in May of 2009. Um, And I just thought it was cute when I, I remember feeling this when I saw it. There was a time when she was on Rosie. And yeah. I think we mentioned this before when we they have. were building birdhouses and uh-huh. she said, I love perching birdies. It is funny. I always think of that when I see that tattoo as well. Yep. And we know almost absolutely nothing about that one. Like it just yep. showed up. She never really talked about it. It was just yep. like this cute little, I'm guessing I, that was a spontaneous one. Me too. And for some reason, I I always connect it with Justin Long. Time. Yeah. For some reason, I always me too. connect it to Justin Long. You know why I think there was this magazine feature I want to say it's for black book where they each like took photos and then like posted like a text conversation between the two yes and one of the photos like the best photo of the bird tattoo is from that oh awesome so So there we go that's why yeah that's probably that's probably why and maybe because they were probably together when she got it right would that have made sense for this time totally so it probably just I can kind of imagine that he might have been there oh I bet you're right that's cute can you confirm that Justin come on our show and tell us (laughs) oh Justin we love you (laughs) we do love you tell us all about your experience of dating Drew and also when she got this tattoo thanks thanks bye all right Next one, the breathe tattoo. Uh, We have talked about this briefly because we talked about Brent Kyle in the Whippet episode, but we'll go through it again. So when she attended the London premiere of Going the Distance in August 2010, she had breathe on her left forearm, but it was just written there like in temporary ink. It wasn't the Uh actual tattoo. And I think there's some people who don't realize that. (laughs) Yeah. And I had forgotten that that was like a temporary version of it. Yeah, it's slightly different. Um, So you can kind of tell that she was like workshopping it. As I mentioned before, um, a flower film staffer named Brent Kyle, who was really into like doing a lot of their design stuff. Yeah. He actually did the logo for flower films that is currently been in use. Um, And it's very similar in style and like font and look to this. So she worked with him on designing the permanent version of this tattoo by late February of 2011 is when the new tattoo could be seen on her arm. And it was done by Todd Sorensen between August 2010 and February 2011. A handful of years later, she had decided to get a tattoo of her daughter's names. And it seemed like it was somewhat sporadic, but obviously this is something that would have meant a lot to her and is not like a rash decision. (laughs) So um, in March 2016, she got her daughter's names, Olive and Frankie, in her own handwriting on the inside of her right, her right wrist. Um, she said she'd been wanting to do it. And then one day, she said, we were on our way to an appointment. And I was like, 
can we just quickly stop at this tattoo shop? She walked in and said, who's available to do a tattoo quickly, like right now? And this guy came up and was like, yeah, I can. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to write this down on a piece of paper. And then can you just transfer it onto my arm? And so she has this really, like, really simple, totally obviously her own handwriting because we know her handwriting well. And yeah. It just olive and frankie really on the cute. inside of her wrist and i've always loved wrist tattoos so me too i've always found this one really endearing and sweet for many many reasons yeah it's a good one um and she had posted some pictures of her actually getting it which is cool because like we've never yeah. had that kind of access before that's right <laughs> And then her last one, damn, talk about access. Yeah. <laughs> so her most current one is on her arm and it says home is where we are. So it's kind of interesting because this is also on her right arm. So it's right in between her daughter's names and her mm -hmm. bird. So I don't know like if that's just where she wants all her tattoos now on her right arm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in May, 2021, she felt like she still wanted to scratch that tattoo itch. So I guess she didn't feel uh, too old anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it wasn't an impulse one at all. She thought about it for many years. So there was like a woman, just a random lady who was getting a tattoo that was meaningful. And Drew said, okay, I'm going to get one with you too on the show. The tattoo artist was Ryan Ashley, who had won. I think it's, they said she was the first female to win the show Ink Masters. Oh, cool. And yeah, so the quote was basically inspired by her divorce and by having to move to New York after the divorce. Mm -hmm. She said, wherever life takes you, if you're lucky enough to be alongside people you love, then to me, that became the definition of home, she said, adding that it's the most important life lesson she learned. My eyes are stinging because I'm crying so much. I want people to feel that no matter where they go in the world, if they're lucky enough to have someone to love that is so fulfilling. When I was in rental apartments or not knowing where life was going or so upset that the plans I tried to solidify for my kids had changed, it really led to the discovery of what home really means to me. And that is if we are together, wherever we are, home is where we are. So oh, that's so really sweet. I think that is probably her most meaningful tattoo. I think she would say that at least yeah. these days. I mean, yeah. it really has a lot of meaning behind it. And She's mentioned many, 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 many times that this was the hardest thing she ever went through in her life, that time mm -hmm. period. So mm -hmm. to have that come out of it is really beautiful. In the early 2000s, a book came out called Tattoo Nation that was published by Rolling Stone. And it has a feature. So Drew is on the cover, right? Yeah, the butterfly tattoo, um, the famous then, picture from um, us, 1997. Yes. And then there's an interior image, I think a, a different image that's from the Rolling Stone cover shoot, right? Uh, from 95, yeah. Yeah. And then there's a whole page where she kind of talks about it. This was a source for some of the stuff in this episode. <laughs> Except um, but one thing I'll point out is she says something like she got her first six tattoos when she was 13. That's like, right. Drew, Drew, Drew. That's right. I mean, sure. Close enough. <laughs> <laughs> she <laughs> could just say within... a teenager. Let's say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Within five years, probably, which is a trip. That Within six years, yeah. <laughs> but either way, it's a little, it's a little off, but um, it was a pretty, I remember being very excited when this came out. Me too. Yeah. I was working at Barnes and Noble at the time. So I remember buying it with my employee awesome. discount. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Very recently on Drew's News, 
she was talking about like Pete Davidson's tattoos and like him getting Kim Kardashian's name on him. And I was really surprised she didn't say like, oh, I also have an ex's name on me. Yeah. (laughs) And so I couldn't tell if she was talking to Olive about tattoos in general or about her own tattoos. She doesn't really clarify, but she just says they were talking about tattoos and Olive said, well, you could always get it removed. And Drew's said, like, no, you can't. It's permanent. And Olive was like, yeah, you can, mom. People get them removed. (laughs) She, like, didn't even really think about that. (laughs) Which, you know, fits because she has said, like, it's a moment in your life. Like, just keep them. So she never really thought about removing them. But, God, I'd be so sad if she ever removed any of hers. Me, too. I was just going to say I can't imagine her doing it. Yeah, me neither. I feel like that would be very unlike her. Yeah, it's almost like goes against her beliefs. <laughs> yeah, I also feel like, and this is kind of in a similar vein, I can't imagine her getting like worked under her face. And I feel like she was on something where she said like, I've never had any work done. Yeah, she's mentioned that quite a bit. Like she's not like, never ever would I do it. But she's yeah. like, eh, I don't know. I don't feel I just haven't that. and I'm not sure I would. Yeah, I forget yeah. who she, but it feels like similar where she's just like, the things that I've done to my body will age as they will. Yeah. Um, and we'll see, you know, she, she could easily change her mind, but I don't feel like at this time in her life, it seems like she would do it. And we'll, you know, we'll be here to talk about it when she does. No. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we will. Do you want to talk about our own tattoos that have like a Drew inspiration to them? Yeah, sure. Actually, I want you to talk about yours first. You got your Drew kind of inspired tattoo first. So let's hear about yeah. yours. See, how old was I when I got it? 20, I believe. So I had, yeah, I was definitely 20. I had obsessed over the James tattoo, but really just the placement of it, not the look of it. Yeah. Um, there was this issue of Spin Magazine that was called The Girl Issue. And I like uh-huh. devoured it over and over and over again. And one of the things was just like a list of a hundred like girl things, whatever that okay. means. I mean, like I'm kind of rolling my eyes about it now, but, <laughs> and one of the things was Drew Tattoo. And it had the picture from the Batman Forever premiere where she's kind of pulling down the back of her slip to show that tattoo. Yeah. And I just loved it. And it's funny, like, you know, I don't think, and I hate to even bring this phrase up, but I don't think tramp stamp was a thing at that time. (laughs) (laughs) It kind of came up later, but I just obsessed over it. And I wanted a butterfly because I do love her butterfly tattoo, but I didn't want it on my stomach because I know. (laughs) So for like two years, I obsessed over this. I actually remember being in college and going to a theme park and they were doing henna tattoos and I got a a henna butterfly tattoo, not on my lower back, but Oh, I was just going to say. Yeah, I was wearing overalls that day, so that wouldn't have worked. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyway, so obsessed over it. But I never had it like designed or anything like that. I just thought about that placement. Yeah. So it was actually, it was like a really well thought out, but then totally spur of the moment, not planned (laughs) tattoo. Yeah. So I got it just like one day out of nowhere. I was just with a friend and we just were like, hey, let's, I should go get my tattoo. Let's go get tattoos. So we went to this random place in Newport beach and I, this is so funny, but they had no pre-designed butterflies in the shop. Like, Oh, the guy who was like, I don't have any butterflies, <laughs> which is so weird to think about because it seems so common. Yeah. Um, so he's like, I could just draw something and you, kind of like drew with her first one. I was just like, whatever. Okay. Just make something and I'll go with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which, you know, looking back, I'm like, God, I should have had someone actually design it, but wow. Um, I really wanted to do it right then and there. So yeah, I had a, a butterfly put on my lower middle back exactly where her 
James tattoo is. And I still love it. It could definitely use some refreshers, but it's just like after two years of obsessing over that placement to finally do it, it was, it was pretty fun. <laughs> yep. Yep. And then you were with me when I got my first tattoo. That's right. In um, LA. I think we were I in had Hollywood, just right? turned 19. Let's see if that's right. Do we think 2003 sounds right? Yes, totally. Okay. Yes. So um, when I turned 19, I had thought for a long time about wanting a tattoo in red ink. And oddly enough, I had been obsessed with Brandon Boyd's red tattoos. I was tattoos. gonna say, I, as soon as you said red ink, I was like, wait, does this have something to do with Brandon Boyd? <laughs> well, it does because I wanted, so I originally wanted a red ink tattoo, no black outline on my wrists. Okay. And I had had tried to figure out what it was gonna be for a long time. I mean, a long time might be a couple of years. Sure. Donnie Darko was a movie that I loved like from the moment I saw it. And one of the like significant things in it is the jet engine. So if you have seen it, you'll know what I'm talking about. I won't really talk more about the film otherwise, but um, the jet engine has a red spiral on kind of like the front of the engine. And in the commentary of Donnie Darko on the DVD, Richard Kelly, the writer-director, talks about that the red spiral, the decision to have the dead engine have the red spiral, was somehow inspired by the Fibonacci spiral, which is the sequence that many things in nature follow. But I was like, okay, I became obsessed with Fibonacci sequence. I already loved Donnie Darko, so I decided I was going to get a red spiral in just red ink. I can't remember how I eventually decided on the placement, but instead of being on my wrists, it's on like kind of my hips, near my hip bones. They're really tiny, like maybe the size of a quarter, like really, really tiny. So I have no regret about them, except that I wish they were larger. I have um, a question. Do you think the placement was at all inspired by Drew's flower tattoo? Could, it could be. Okay. It could definitely could be. I can't recall exactly. The tattoo was done by a female tattoo artist in Hollywood. I don't know her name. I kind of forget about them sometimes. I get that. I always forget about my star on the back of my neck. And then yeah. like somebody will bring it up to me. I'm like, what? What? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and I won't blabber on too much longer, but I do have another tattoo that is somewhat inspired by Drew in the sense that I um, always kind of wanted a butterfly because I loved that sort of like metamorphosis thing. And yeah, if Ashley and I are like yin and yang, Ashley's <laughs> definitely the light and I'm definitely the dark. So I have more of a... um fascination with moths than butterflies that's a and... really funny way of putting it but it's so yeah. accurate <laughs> <laughs> so I um within a couple of years I decided I wanted to get a moth tattooed and then last year I decided it would be a luna moth got a luna moth tattooed on my left inner arm cool yes yeah, so me getting that and kind of I'm going through a lot of change in my life so I sort of have this like okay Symbolic. now's the time to get it to like signify Maine which is where I'll be living almost full-time starting next year and then also just wanting to get that tattoo i love that yeah Aww. so that's pretty much all our info on uh drew's tattoos i thought real quick we could quickly touch on piercings because it's sort of related yeah um and i just found this really like funny and like poor drew this is so annoying kind of way wow, yeah. so in 1993 she attended the billboard music awards i think she presented and for whatever reason this really obnoxious radio dj on kiss fm in la his name was rick Dees. i don't know if he's still around he decided that he was gonna start a rumor right after that that she got pierced down there <laughs> 
her publicist like found out about it before he said it and said like please don't this is not true but he did it anyway I wonder how he, how her publicist found out I know they're like oh just FYI we're gonna bring this up and you have no oh God. say in the matter <laughs> and she was like if I had one I would be proud and like admit it was true but why would I inflict that sort of pain on myself <laughs> And when I was doing the research for our Scream episode during one of the press junket interviews, she was, she, this came up and she was still really mad about it. <laughs> like, she's like that Rick D's I'll show him where he can pierce himself. Like, she's I, I wanted to ask you something. Is that why there was that illustration from entertainment weekly with like tongue piercings and stuff? Yeah. What did yeah. her shirt say? Oh, I don't remember. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I know exactly. There's, there's one now where it's like pierced something, something. It's probably yeah. related to this story. I bet you're right. That's yeah. funny. And so she's talking about it in this Scream press junket. And she was like, people, all these kids come up and talk to me and I see they have tongue piercings. And I'm like, ah, the tongue is a very sacred orifice. Don't do that. Like she was just like so against it. So it's yeah. pretty funny that in 2008, when she was doing with it, she got her tongue pierced, like to yep. see that interview and yep. then think about that. It's like, oh, she really changed her mind about that. <laughs> but I'm sure it was like having to do with being authentic in the character. She was Definitely. like, She's all right, Denise like Ashley Simpson, I feel like I need this tongue piercing. I feel like it adds to the character in a weird fun, kind of Yeah, and she kept it for like a year, as we mentioned in our Whip It episode. Yeah. So it's kind of funny. <laughs> That's really cute. She does have a lot of ear piercings, though. She got her first one on her 10th birthday. We talked about this before because Olive also got her ears pierced on her 10th birthday. Um, Drew had promised that she would wait until she was 10. Um, promised Steven Spielberg. Yeah. (laughs) So it's really cute. I like that she Um, carried that tradition on for Olive. (laughs) Really cute. So this year um, on the Drew Barrymore show, again, I can't remember if someone else was getting a piercing and she's like, I'm going to do it too. But basically she got some more piercings in her ears. So she said in that clip that she had eight already, which is interesting because she never wore earrings in those holes. Like ever like you could see and I've tried to find like where I've seen pictures that it's really clear but you could yeah, see the like the holes. eight little holes yeah when she got this done she finally started wearing like a bunch of earrings and it looks so beautiful cool so she got more piercings on the show I think just one more in each ear okay. it actually isn't very clear there's this really long sort of like behind the scenes thing that they do and put on their YouTube I'll share a link but uh, she ta- starts talking about all kinds of stuff while they're doing the piercings. Like she, it gets pretty deep. Okay. <laughs> so um, like the piercing feels very secondary. Like if you're not paying attention, you almost forget that that's happening as she's yes. talking. <laughs> yes. But um, there were some beautiful photos that I think the piercer posted. And unfortunately I didn't put down the name, but um, really great photos of her ears and all the beautiful jewelry in them. So we'll share. Oh, that. cool. We have pictures to share. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So. Okay. So that basically wraps up our tattoo topic. Yay. This is a big one. I feel like this is something that, I mean, I've always loved tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> and especially Drew's tattoos. I know. And, and it's, it's like, also, I at least in the like early days, like pre-internet, I feel like a lot of wrong information was out there about what tattoos she had or how many. Yes. So it's kind of fun to be like, here's a like chronological when she got him, what they are, what they mean. <laughs> yes. This is the definitive guide to Drew's tattoos. 
That's what we like to be. <laughs> Thank you for listening to our definitive guide to Drew Barrymore's tattoos up to I know, up to <laughs> October <her day. laughs> 2022. I feel like we should put that in the podcast episode description. This is the definitive, <laughs> the definitive guide. guide. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we love sharing all of our Drew knowledge with you guys and, you know, going down memory lane on old Drewby stuff. It's really fun. Like we mentioned before, we'd always appreciate if you could rate, review, and subscribe. You can leave reviews on Apple Podcasts and you can rate and subscribe on any other platform you may be listening to. I think it probably helps us get new more listeners so we'd appreciate that yeah and then be sure to go over and follow us on instagram and twitter at how do you drew pod and send listener mail to how do you drew pod at gmail.com it can be anything tell us about your drew spire tattoo oh that would be great i would, <laughs> that would love be really that. cool please somebody. yeah that would be great so you know if you've got one even if just you know sort of like mine like tangentially like let's hear it so thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you guys next drew's day Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. The How Do You Drew podcast is researched and produced by Ashley and Anne from thedrewseum.com. Our theme song is by our dear friend, Matt Costa, and we'll see you next Tuesday. <laughs>